because all I knew was LGBTQ until I came to Cal, it's LGBTQ plus. Right. And I was like, what does What's the plus, the plus mean? <laughs> you know, sometimes I go home and it's like, oh, mom, I went to go do my eyebrows. <laughs> and you're like feeling the waters. Yeah. Like, like if she's like, oh, that's weird. Or and then my like, mom okay. would be like, can I see them? And then I'm just like, <laughs> well, I mean, they're on my face. <laughs> it's like the big rainbow it's like the- elf <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Before we start, I was wondering, like, what pronouns you prefer to be referred to today? I know you're gender fluid, so mm-hmm. we could use any of them, or... Um, I, I, I want to stick with they, them for today. They, them? Right okay. um, they, them, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, okay. So today on the show, we have Sean Correa here. Sean is a third year majoring in African American studies, and Sean is also gender fluid. Today, Sean will be using they, them pronouns. We're really happy to have you on the show today, Sean. Thank you for having me here. Tell us a little bit about your own asexuality experiences. You identify as asexual, and it's, as with most things, it comes in the spectrum. I want to hear about your own experiences. Yeah, so, I mean, I honestly never heard about the term asexuality until I came into Berkeley. Throughout high school, I really couldn't explain, not just simply to others, but just simply to myself, you know, what was my identity. So I came into Cal, um and immediately was like thrown a lot of these terms like queer and right. gender queer or you know like more about the LGBTQ cuz all I knew was LGBTQ until I came to Cal it's LGBTQ plus right. and I was like what does plus, plus mean <laughs> you know it's like positive i don't know <laughs> you know it's like a positive affirmation of the community sure. or something and then you know i always thought that it was limited to um you know that acronym of LGBT the um, big four. Cute, you know, until they added the plus. And right. that's when I started asking, what's, in what's the, plus? the plus? What does the plus mean? For people who, you know, like, don't necessarily, like, come with the academic background that requires to understand intersectionality and, you know, the complexities of a sexual spectrum, like, even people who barely know what the Kinsey scale is, how do mm-hmm. you describe asexuality? I would say, um, for me personally, I would just be like, asexuality equals romantics. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for me personally. Obviously, this would differ between everyone sure. else. Just think about what you're doing when you're in a relationship with your partner. And minus the other possibilities of, you know, like sexual interaction. It's still intimate. You know, like being asexual, it's intimate. It's more romantic, you know, it's like those date dinners that you go to and it's more often. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, because it's like, again, I love attention, so I would just sort of, <laughs> I would sort of, you know, just base it off of that. You know, yeah. it's like, it's just the ability for you and your partner to offer each other's like undivided attention. Yeah, just treat your boo right. At all times. Yeah, like, you know, treat, treat your boo right. So it's like, that's how I would describe it. Do you remember finding asexuality or finding this definition that suited you for the first time and how that felt for you? So it was basically the Gen X Center. Shouts out. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Gen X Center has become a really, really great resource for me. You know, it was a group of panelists and I was just like, you know, I want to I want to know what asexuality is about. Um, I really want to expand more on my knowledge in regards to this um, you know, part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I want to know, you know, what what exactly does it mean for various folks? And I love the setup. It was like a panel and it was like demisexuals, polyamorous, asexuals, 
you know, just simple asexuals who like are on the dot asexuals, and then there was a gray A's. Being able to hear those folks' experiences, I started, you know, like, you know, I, I feel the same ways that you're feeling. And then after that, I go home, go on Google and search up <laughs> gray asexual and click the first thing. I read it, and then I'm just like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like when you chart yourself or when you go to your zodiac sign, and it's yeah. like, you read your <laughs> like, zodiac for me. the first time, and then it's just like, it's you, but on paper it's and in like, words. Right. That's how I sort of learned more about asexuality was just, I mean, a simple Google search. Dude, shout out to Google. Yeah, Google, you, Google has like showed us all the light. Um, <laughs> Are there any websites in particular that were helpful for you? You know, like for people to browse if they are interested or curious. I don't remember the website on the top of my head, uh, to be honest. But again, just, just go Google it. If Google, you Google it, it, give it a goog. Educate yourself. <laughs> it's the first one, so not the ad one, because there's always the ad one. So don't <laughs> click that link. It's the one right below the ad one. And, I mean, it's, like, feel free to go through all of them. You know, it's, mm-hmm. like, um, they have various ways of explaining what asexuality means. And then, you know, maybe you read one and you're just like, oh, okay, you know, maybe that's not the one. And then you read another one it's like, okay, now I feel yeah. like that's the one. You know, uh, like, that's what, like, it's, I feel like it's important to understand that there isn't one definition that's going to pertain to you, like, directly. Can you go through a day with us, through the, the motions, and like tell us what goes on in your head as you go through the day? Honestly, I feel like I really don't put much thought into it. Really? Um, I feel that, at least for me personally, my gender fluidity comes naturally. You know what I mean? It's like It's not like I wake up one day and it's like, oh, I want to be, you know, quote-unquote, a feminine today <laughs> or quote-unquote, masculine today. I guess it's more of, like, how I'm feeling um, <laughs> when I wake up. Um, like, I, I, it's really hard to explain, like, because it's, like, gender fluidity is really a difficult concept to grasp um, mm-hmm. for many individuals like myself. And it's something that, for me, was a bit difficult to come into terms with. I mean, I was came from a, a relatively religious family, and oh, it's, word. like, it was really difficult for me to... To explain to my parents, hey, I sometimes don't feel like the quote-quote boy that you had right. um, when you were pregnant. Do you remember what it was like to tell your parents? Can you walk me through the moment where you come out to your family as genderqueer? It was a hard conversation sure. <laughs> to have. Um, but I had the conversation with my mom first. Um, I felt like that was a easier you know, like, ship to sail, ship to sail. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, sure. That sounds like a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Like testing you know, it was, it was really, it was really um, difficult, and it took a long time. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, just sat with her and it's like, hey, I'm genderqueer, um, <laughs> this is what that means, and stuff like that. You know, it's like, I would do some things that would, that were hinting, mm-hmm. you know, it's like just slowly testing the waters, to see reactions, to see how how they would take it. Again, just like I'm saying, I grew up in a really religious oh, home, yeah. a really not conservative home, because I really don't like the connotation that conservatism has. Um, but it was more more so of a of a home that was like, 
kind of traditional, but still open-minded. Yeah. Um, because I have a few cousins who are uh, also a part of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus community. And, um, you know, we have really great relationships with them. My parents have really great relationships with them. You know, it's like, it, it's not talked about, which mm-hmm. I don't appreciate. You know, it's like, we should talk about it. Yeah, you yeah know, it's we kind should... of taboo sometimes in households. It's like, let's not discuss yeah, it. It's like the big rainbow it's like the... elf in the room. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant. Yeah, and so I'm just like, um, like, I really wanted to facilitate the conversation in regards to it. Yeah. So the way I sort of approach it, it was sort of around a time where um, gay marriage legalization was put on the ballot um, not too long ago. And so that's how I started the conversation with my mom. I She was watching the news, and I was there with her. And then I was like, hey, mom, like, you know, what are your thoughts on, on gay marriage? You know, like, what do you feel? You know, just trying to, like, pick her brain and yeah, see right. what she said. What, what she would say, yeah. you know? And it's like, and I was, honestly, I was prepared for the worst. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, are. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. And I would rather expect the worst than expect, like, a great answer and then end up being hurt. Right. Um, so I expected the absolute worst. I was just like, oh, like, my mom is probably, like, anti-LGBTQ+. And then it's like, I had, like, sort of, like, the, the little devil Sean, like, my inner Kermit <laughs> on, my, on one shoulder. And then I had the angel <laughs> Sean telling me, like, hey, like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You have um, family members who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Your mom grew up around yeah. folks from the LGBTQ plus community. So it's like the exposure was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like it was something completely new. But what was new was the fact that it was one of her children. Mm-hmm. So, uh. like, did your mom respond more like your inner Kermit or like the angel on your shoulder? So I could tell that she seemed conflicted. Mm-hmm. So she was, like, in the middle. Um, again, like, her religiousness um was telling her no but her like heart and her mind was like you know why not i my mom was sort of like shook i was just like i want to know what you think not what religion thinks and she looked at me like what you mean i am religion type of thing like i was just looking at her and it was a really like awkward silence like i don't know if she thought i was going to come out or something like that or i don't know what was going on like in her head but then she was just like you know what to be honest, like, I don't completely agree with it. But then again, who am I to dictate other people's lives? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I'm i not in opposition. You know, it's like if people really believe that that's where we want to push society um, forward to, she's like, then I guess I'm all for it. You know what wow. I mean? And it's like, wow. for me, that was like, you know, like, I, I was yeah. relieved because it was so much tension. I felt tension. <laughs> it was a it was a conversation that I continued to have um, till this day. I still haven't fully came out, um, but I still am doing, like, those hintings. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, sometimes I go home and it's like, oh, mom, I went to go do my eyebrows. <laughs> and you're, like, feeling the waters. Yeah. Like, like, if she's like, oh, that's weird. Or and then my like, mom okay. will be like, can I see them? And then I'm just like, <laughs> well, I mean, they're on my face. <laughs> it's like, a, it's really inevitable. But it's like my glasses kind of cover them, mm-hmm. like half of them. Can you show us your eyebrows right now? Right now, they're they're not. I need to get them done. Dude, they're don't look at mine. Like, <laughs> I, everyone stop. Y'all yeah. still have good eyebrows. It's fine. Yeah, we have good eyebrows but right now. Like, mine are not prepared for for the light of day. I'm really glad this is just audio. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And so it's just, like, at this point right now, it's just testing the waters, but 
thankfully, I have came out to my mom in regards to my asexuality, mm -hmm. and I felt like, okay. for me, that was a uh, easier conversation to have with her. And it was one of those conversations that I really didn't have to ease in. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of just was like, hey, mom, can I talk to you? You know, and it's like, my mom was like, yeah, sure, like, what's up? And then I'm just like, okay, so I just, you know, want to let you know that I identify as asexual. And then she looked at me confused, right? And then I'm just like, so this is what asexual means in terms that she would understand. And obviously, this all happened in Spanish. Um, so that was that was difficult in my part because I really had to like educate myself on how to like say, translate say, intersectional to yeah, Spanish. Like how to like, translate intersectional big to lofty words that right. we use at Berkeley right, in like, ways yeah. that people academia doesn't apply to like speaking to your mom about things. Like right, yeah. Yeah, that, that's similar to mine. I think that when I was trying to come out to my mom, I would kind of uh, play around with her brain, see what she's thinking too. Like when we're watching Glee or Ellen, just kind of see what she says about things. Like when Kurt kissed a guy for the first time. Just, was it Blaine? I think so, yeah. I don't even remember. I hated that show, but I only watched it for that purpose <laughs> to see if my mom hated it or not. Um, and she you know, said some telling things that kind of set some red flags up. Um, throughout my high school experience. So I didn't come out to her until I was in college. Um, and how I came out to my mom, <laughs> it wasn't even me, you know, setting her down and like telling her these things about myself. Um, it was kind of in a way sort of forced out of me. Um, we were at Costco and we had. You your first sex on Tuesday. I know. <laughs> um, and we had done some shopping and we're like sitting outside having lunch, whatever, and I'm eating like a giant hot dog. And I don't know what she's fucking thinking when I'm eating that hot dog. But then she just straight up asks me, hey, Chris, are you gay? And I was like, fuck. Um, it just caught me so off guard. Mm -hmm. And there was no way I could, like, hide that. And I choked on my hot dog because I was just just out of it. Um, and she, just, she literally <laughs> fucking knew in that moment. I didn't even have to say anything. Um, and it turned into this whole situation. So you just had a sausage in your mouth. I did. Mid-coming out, um, sausage in mouth. And... It was just not the best way to come out. I wish I had been able to explain things to her about my identity and like mm -hmm. say, like, I want you to accept me, as opposed to this situation, um, which escalated very quickly. But I'm really thankful to say that now we are okay. Um, but it is still taboo, like yeah. it is in your household, in the sense that we don't talk about that. It's something like, okay, Christopher's gay, we all know that, but we're not going to fucking say anything about it. Um, yeah, it goes on, it doesn't get acknowledged. Right. Which is why I want to have conversations, you know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes it's hard. It's hard to continue the conversation after, afterwards and the day after, the months after, the years after. Because mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know how you really feel. <laughs> right. It's like you're scared of bringing up all these emotions. and mm -hmm. Especially like, since that had already happened to me, I don't want to bring it up and potentially face it again. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just sweep it under the rug. And how do you bring it up again, right? You're like... So about that One time. gay ace thing, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wanted to let you know. Still so, happening. <laughs> about last time when I had a Costco hot dog. <laughs> when you caught me off guard. <laughs> when you made me choke on a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about that again. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Joshi? Um, so I hadn't come out to my parents yet. So if you're listening, it's too late. <laughs> um, but when I came out to my best friend, I was a sophomore in high school. We had gone to, like, the next town over. We were at a Quiznos, and I was eating soup. Oh, yum. And she was, at, like, we were talking, and as the day went on, I mustered up the courage to be like, hey, I'm gay. 
And when she, like, I'll never forget this, I told her that. And, like, her first reaction was to giggle. She was like... <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, why would you laugh like that? And she's like, oh. Haha, <laughs> gay. <laughs> she was just taken aback. And she was like, of course I support you. Like, I love you. Like, you're my best friend. But, like, like why... Why after Quiznos? <laughs> like that's really interesting. Yeah, all of our both of our coming out stories involve food. I know a lot of people that came out in public spaces. Yeah, I don't know what it is about being in public. It's in a way, it's like if you can't really react that bad if there's like a bunch of people around you. Yeah, like nobody can pop off at a Costco or else you'll be fine. But you know, my mom surprised me on that aspect. But oh. yeah. Oh no! She went ham. <laughs> she, went ham. <laughs> she went so ham. I never really get this soft, but I'm curious about your favorite dates. So you mentioned being a romantic. What was Sean's <clears throat> best date ever? My best date ever. Oh, I love that question. Yeah, it's a hard question. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> um, but it's also soft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the show. Yeah. I would say that the best date that I've ever had... And it's, like, so cliche. It was just, like, a simple walk on the beach. <gasps> oh. It was... Um, it's like a Nicholas Sparks novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, it was just... It was just us able to tone out, you know, like, the, the craziness of what was around the beach. You know, the children screaming and, you know, playing around and people just being themselves. And it's just, like... We're walking down the beach, and it's like the waves are like, you know, like splashing, and mm-hmm. it's like we're just having a genuine conversation um, about each other, mm-hmm. and it's that I really appreciate the vulnerability that comes with that. And I mean, the beach is a plus, to be honest. <laughs> the beach is bomb, but yeah. the vulnerability is, is the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. I have a question sure. for Sean. Yeah. Uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier, and this is kind of an expansion of Ashley's question. So I think in Berkeley, it's a place where a lot of terms get thrown around and used. Mm -hmm. And my question is that, do you think in discussing or wanting people to understand asexuality, do you think having those terms limit or expand the conversation of knowing these things? And what are your thoughts on the power of language in this discussion? The power of language... Wow. wow. <laughs> sounds like a thesis. Yeah. It sounds like something I could write like 100 pages on. But, you it know, it's the thesis sentence. Yeah. yeah. Your statement. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely the privilege that I have to be in an institution of higher education like UC Berkeley really tends to sometimes, you know, create this atmosphere of, you know, everyone knows this term. Everyone knows what this means. You know, it's like especially when you surround yourself around the community and stuff like that, uh, you know, the ace community, like, it's like, oh, like, I could say this term freely and maybe it's a buzzword or something like that, but sure. people understand it and they know what it means and they know what it, what I meant um, in whatever context it was being used in. But definitely I feel like uh, sexuality and gender fluidity tends to have a lot of terms that some folks really don't have access to. And, you know, I experienced that firsthand with my mom when I had to explain to her, you know, what asexuality meant. She had absolutely never heard of asexuality. Um, She always thought it was um, lesbian, gay, or bi. And even then, her understanding wasn't really, like, you know, how she would 
literally be like, how can you like both individuals at the same time? And I was like, mom, it's not at the same time. You know, it's like (laughs) you just don't have a preference. You know, it bothers me in some sense because folks should have access to understanding and making how, you know, to understand how they feel. I think this should be something that's like incorporated in public school curriculum. Yeah. Just like growing up is learning about these different terms and making it more accessible to communities. Definitely. And giving access to it so you don't have to, like having it in college is great, but like, you know, even earlier is probably way more helpful. Yeah. Thank you for so much for coming, Sean. Yeah, thank and you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, thank you for like elucidating us on issues of asexuality and gender fluidity. And I think, you know, like as much as we try to talk about a bunch of different things on the show, the main point is to really be informative and clear and thank you for doing that yeah for us. thank you for inviting me <laughs> this show is produced by ashley grace vo michelle lee charmaine chong nathaniel mohold and whoever the fuck else <laughs> <laughs> hard and soft is a daily californian podcast subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud and give us a five-star rating please this is yelp <laughs> follow us on yelp also follow us on <laughs> also follow us on facebook twitter instagram our handle is at hard and soft pod yum